Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. It is critical that you pray about your military assignments. You pray as it relates to your deployments to combat zones and areas of unrest. That you pray as it relates to family separation. That you pray about injustices that happens to you and other challenges that I can't even talk about. Uh, You must also pray for divine guidance and the Lord's protection. There's a lot you need to pray about. And even if you're retired, you need to pray about your health issues such as PTSD, employment, and that God and pray for God's help as you adjust to civilian life. Never stop praying. When you stop praying, you're saying God cannot handle my situation Number six, be patient with God, yourself, and others. When in a crisis, be patient with God, yourself, and others. Allow the crisis to run its course and be open to what the Lord wants to teach you through it. In every crisis, there is tucked therein lessons to be learned in the midst of the crisis. You get it? Okay. In every crisis... There are lessons to be learned. You can't hurry, God, so don't even try. Psalms 40, 1, 2, and 3 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. When hard time hits, you rest in God and you wait patiently on him. Say, Lord, this is hard. I want out now. I'm going to run away. I'm going to take matters in my own hand. Listen, all you feel to do is make a bigger mess flunk the course, and have to take a repeat crisis course. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined toward me and heard my cry. It's good to be in good relationship with God, because when you need him the most, he'll respond. Number two, he also, I love this, this segment of the verse, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit. And some of you I'm talking to by radio and television, you're in a pit. You're as low as you can get. As a matter of fact, you bottom out so low to the only place you can go now is up. But God is able to pick you up out of that miry clay. And the word of God says, and set your feet on a rock and establish your steps and lead you out of your condition. Verse three, he has put a new song in my mouth. Sing your way out of a crisis. Sing your way out of out of a crisis. Praise to our God. Praise him. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord when they see your faith, when they see you standing strong, when they see you singing Zion's song, when they even see you see you singing a new song, they take courage in their heart by how you're responding. But if you're acting worse than them and they don't know the Lord, they say, ha, some kind of God you have. 
But when they see you standing strong, and when when they see you not falling to pieces, when they see you standing strong in the church and teaching your children the principles of the crises, then that's a great testimony. Number seven, remain calm in the storm. Remain calm in the storm. Jesus was able to maintain his composure. He was able to maintain his composure because he prayed before the crisis as well as in the midst of the crisis in Gethsemane. Jesus did not allow himself to fall apart and neither should we. Refuse to allow your life to be filled with stress, pressure, and worry in your crisis. That's the worst thing you can do is to allow yourself to succumb to stress, to pressure, and worry. And these can be reduced by, A, being mindful that in Psalms 46.1, it says, God is our refuge. Say refuge. Say refuge again. You know what refuge is? God is our refuge. Refuge is a a place of refuge is a shelter. God is our shelter. You know what refuge is? It's a divine covering. But now, if you cussing all over the place, sleeping around all over the place, committing adultery, if you're a drunkard, uh, if you're stealing and lying, if you're a hypocrite, if you're doing evil, if, you, if you're living a, de- a life of deception, you don't have God's covering. As a matter of fact, you're about to get the chastening hand of God. You have to be obedient to have God's covering. A place of refuge is a place of protection. A place of refuge is a safe place. You know what we need today is a safe place. Sometimes you think a safe place is your friend only to find out that they spill your secrets. Some of you think your safe place is in that sorority or that fraternity uh, with those co-workers. And some of you have been leaning on your friends. You can lean, we can lean on our friends only to find out your friends disappear during hard times. They with you and they'll, they'll take your money. They'll take everything you got. Take your time. Take everything. And then when, ta- when crisis hits you, you can't find her. You can't find him. But God is always there. God is always there. He's a safe place. The scripture says he's strength, a very present help in trouble. You see, my friends, trusting in the promises of God and meditating on the word of God is what we need instead of yielding to pressure and uh, worry and stress. Trusting in his promises is what we need. Let me just share with you a few promises to encourage your heart today to settle fears and anxiety. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15 is a wonderful promise. It says, and he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. Underline this, for the battle is not yours, but God's. <laughs> the battle is not yours, but God's. Proverbs chapter three, verses 24 through 26, it says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. 
Now, I love this part. Do not be afraid of sudden terror. Some of you say, I'm not going out anymore. You can't can't even go to church. I'm not going to church anymore. Okay, you stop going to church. That means you're going to stop going in anywhere else. That means you're not going to go to H-E-B, the store. It means you're not going to school. It means you're not going to the base. It means you're not going to a concert. You're not going to a parade. You're not going to a movie theater. So what you're going to do? You're going to shut yourself up in your house and be a little cocoon? That's what the devil wants you to do. Don't play in his hand. If you know I'm telling the truth, can you say amen? Amen. Listen, the scripture says, don't be afraid of sudden terror. You can't go anywhere till it's your time. You cannot go anywhere. You cannot die before the time. That's going to happen to you. That's why go on and fly. Fly the fly in the plane. Go 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 ahead on and drive where you got to go. Go and go out at night. Just go to the right places. Go go no, don't be afraid. I'm going wherever I want to go, whenever I want to go. In town, out of town. Uh, I, I'll go to Israel, Africa, Mexico. I'll go anywhere. I'm not going to let the devil shut me in. I got a God who knows how to take care of me. Do not be afraid of sudden terror. Let's say it together till till all this fear is chased out of you. I want you to say it with all your voice. Say it with me. Do not be afraid of sudden terror. Again, do not be afraid of sudden terror. One more time for your heart's sake. Do not be afraid of sudden terror. Thank you. Nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. I submit to you today, I'm not trying to scare you, but you haven't seen nothing yet. You better know the Lord. It's going to only get worse. Verse 26 says, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me says the Lord and then I love Psalms 119 verses 15 through 16 which says I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways I will delight myself in your statutes underline this I will not forget your word Don't forget the word. Hold the word. Believe the word. Trust the word. Hang on to the word. Don't depart from the law of God. You see, my friends, you reduce stress, pressure, and worry by screening the counsel you receive from others. There are people who can put fear in you. Watch the counsel you receive. Job 42, 7 says... 
And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz of the Temanite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends. Underline this, for you have not spoken of me what is right. There are people that say we're planning your life, people that you know real well. That could be a cousin, an uncle. That could be a parent. That could be a sister. That could be your boss. That could be a coworker. And they will tell you something that is not of God. And if you put that over the word of God, it will wipe you out. You better hold on and treasure the work, the word of God. God says, I'm going to get you and I'm going to get your buddies for what you said to Job. You gave counsel that wasn't of me. You better watch the counsel you receive. Listen, worshiping God reduces stress. Worshiping God reduces pressure and worry. It's it's something about coming to the Lord's house with God's people on the Lord's day to worship God in spirit and in truth. Worship settles your spirit and moves the heart to rejoice in the midst of adversity. Job worshiped God even though he lost his help. Job worshiped God even though he lost his possessions. Job worshiped God even though he lost all of his children. And yet Job chapter 1 verses 20 through 21 says, Then Job arose after all those losses, tore his robe, and shaved his head. And he fell on the ground and worshiped God. He worshiped God even though all his children was gone. He worshiped God even though all his cattle were gone. He worshiped God even though his health was gone. One thing Satan couldn't take. Satan couldn't take his worship. He worshiped his way through. You say, how you know he worshiped his way through? I'm so glad you asked Verse 21 tells me how I know. And Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb. He didn't, I don't hear him saying, you took my children, God. You took my cattle. How am I going to eat? I, oh, I, what, what am I going to do? I don't, I don't see him shaking his fist at God. He, said, he worships him and says, God, and says, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. That's worship, y'all. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Look at this worship. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When things happen you don't understand, can you still say, blessed be the name of the Lord? When trouble comes in your way, can you still say, blessed be the name of the Lord? When your children go left, when you want them to go right, can you still say, blessed be the name of the Lord? When you don't get that raise, can you still say, blessed be the name of the Lord? When finances uh, become crisis, can you still say, blessed be the name of the Lord? Ah! Oh, God. Number eight, refuse to allow yourself to become angry at God, yourself, and others in your crisis. Refuse to allow yourself to become angry at God, yourself, and others in a crisis. Job 1.22 says, in all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with this wrong. Uh, Job didn't do like some people are doing today. Where's your God? Couldn't God have stopped that man from coming why did God let this happen? Seemed like your God could have done something. 
We need to take on the words of Job. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Job chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 also says, Then his wife, Mrs. Job, said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity, Job? Curse God and die. Look at that counsel. Listen, I'm so glad he didn't listen to her, even though that was his wife. Listen, bad counsel can come from your husband, your in-law, your child, your boss, your co-worker. You better screen the counsel. I can't say that enough. She said, curse God and die. It's over, Joe. You don't have any children or livestock. You're not even rich no more. My baby's gone. Curse him and die. Oh, thank God for that but. Verse 10 said, but he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women. He took the edge off. He said, you didn't say you fool. <laughs> he was delicate with it. He just said, you, you, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? And listen, if all we got is good in this life, we would be a bunch of spoiled brats. God allows adversity to do a plethora of things. In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. In other words, before you speak an ill word, the best thing for you to do, y'all already said it, is just shut up. You don't know the mind of God. You don't know what he's up to. You don't have an answer. You can't explain it. You listen, trust in God is to believe him when you don't have all the answers. When you don't know where he's going with this, when you don't know what the future holds, when you can't figure this thing out. Stop talking too much and keep praying, keep hoping and keep believing. Satan will always seek to exploit your anger in order to destroy your testimony for Jesus Christ. Jesus' intimacy with the Father helped him to maintain the right perspective in the midst of adversity. Uh, number nine, speak in faith and live in hope. Speak in faith and live in hope. Your hope will be kept alive. Your hope will be kept alive as you hear and obey the words of Jesus and keep him as the object of your faith. Listen, speak in faith and live in hope. Your hope will be kept alive as you hear and obey the words of Jesus and keep him as the object of your faith. If you live in confident expectation and dependency upon him, you can make it through the night. Psalms 30, chapter 30, verse 5b says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Number 10, press on and refuse to give up. Jesus pressed on to Calvary in spite of his crisis. Hebrews 12, 2 and 3 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of his faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Jesus bearing the fullness of God's divine wrath for sins of lost humanity pressed on toward Calvary, refused to give up, 
Refuse to live in the past. Refuse to stay in a rut. Refuse to keep beating yourself up over past failures. If necessary, if you have to start over with the help of God, start over. And Jesus will give you the grace, the wisdom and strength along with the provisions to do so. In light of what we have just witnessed, the worst thing believers can do is to stay home and quit coming to church. Beloved, you cannot run from trouble. We have witnessed shootings in the workplace, on military bases, in malls, movie theaters, elementary schools, universities, concerts, as pedestrians walk in the streets. Sadly, sadly, there are saints who will stay at home. Revelation 2.10b says, be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. The scripture also says in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. In closing, realize that God never wastes trials, crises, or difficulties in life. That's a big, that's a big one. God never wastes trials, crises, or difficulties in life. There's a purpose behind it all. He uses those trials and difficulties to teach us. He uses them to refine us. He uses those difficulties to mature us and to prepare us for life's journey. I thank God for my mountains. I thank God for my valleys. I thank him for for the storms he's brought me through. If I never had a problem, I would know that God could solve them. I would know, I would not know what faith in my God could do. But through it all, I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to depend upon his word. In this wicked generation in which we live, you need to hurry up and receive eternal life today. God the Father, who is the only true God, Sin is one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to take on human flesh through the Virgin Mary to save us from our sins. For the scripture says in John 17, 3, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. Be encouraged. Look to Jesus. Stand, occupy, be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and not be moved in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's children said, God bless you. Let's pray and be still in the presence of God. Father, we thank you for the message. Oh, we needed this message. And Father, our friends and our relatives, our co-workers, our neighbors, so many in our lives need this message. And may we share it so that hearts would be encouraged and that fear would be chased away. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's children said.
You're here today and you don't know Jesus, you're in a bad place. Listen, let me ask you a question. I want you to look at me. Look at me. Look this way. Hey, don't let your mind wander. Look, look this way. And we see things going on around us. I got two words. What's next? What's next? What's next? How on this side of heaven can you be unsure about your salvation with all the calamities of this world swirling around you? You don't know what you're going to encounter day by day, moment by moment. Listen, I wish we all, you hear me well, people. I wish we all could just have a death where we just lay down in our bed and just go to sleep to be with Jesus. That's not going to happen to everybody, only elect few. Some of us going to die. Cancer, car wreck, bullet, plane crash. And I, the list goes on and on. Listen to this. It's not really how you die. It's being ready to die. And the only way you're ready to die is you got to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ right now. You got to believe the Lord Jesus Christ that he died on the cross in your place for your sins, that he was buried according to the scripture, that he rose third day morning, that he's coming back again. And you got to be willing to surrender your life to Jesus and say, I want this Jesus. I want to surrender my life to him. I come now just as I am. And God will take you and he will wash you with his shed blood and he will cleanse your dirty life and set your captive soul free. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like the Lord. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683.